this story is about Sean Tucker. He is the man. He lost it to the homecoming queen and the prom queen at the same time. You are so sexy when you speak French. He's got two girlfriends. Whoa, scratch that. Three girlfriends? Have you ever dated John Tucker? Hey, he's mine. Stay away from him. I am dating John Tucker. This guy is cheating on all of you. You're beating each other? We have something in common. We all want to kill John Tucker. What are you girls up to? Destroying a man. All right. Play nice girl. Welcome into another episode of the Bad Movies Worst Opinions Podcast, where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. The only rule is we must watch a movie that is rated below a 6.0 on IMDb. Carrington here, Rob here. Nikki Vivas is not here. She played us almost every day that we tried to record with her. But you know what? The podcast must go on, Rob. It is just you and I reviewing John Tucker Must Die today. Real quick, what do you think of this movie? Because I thought it was very blah. I didn't like the ending. I didn't like what I liked what they tried to do. It just it all it all missed for me. I actually like this movie. This is a movie that I remember watching in the movie theater. So I'm mm. excited to review John Tucker Must Die. Its rating on IMDb is 5.7, 86,000 votes. The release date, July 28th of 2006. So I have just graduated high school. Oh, wow. About to head to college. This was one of those, you know, it's in the summer. Hey, you got nothing going on. It's out. Let's just go see it. So I, re- I remember seeing this movie uh, in the theater. It is streaming currently on Hulu. You can also catch it on Freebie. I watched it on Freebie with the ads. Did you watch it on Freebie? Dude, Freebie runs. Freebie and Tubi run this podcast. I was a Freebie guy myself. Yeah, no, I just watched it on Freebie. You know how on Fire Stick you can search and you can see like, oh, it's available on Freebie. Oh, yep. just watch it on Freebie. No, so that's exactly what happened with me. The runtime is 89 minutes. Back-to-back movies of 89 minutes for us. Cobra mm-hmm. was 89 minutes. This movie was exactly 89 minutes as well. The budget, $18 million. $68 million at the box office. A success John Tucker Must Die was. Financially, it's a big success. And I kind of get why. They bet on some people becoming big-time stars. Britney Snow eventually became a big-time star. Ashanti, a star. I mean, Taylor Kitsch, Riggs, has a small cameo in this movie. He becomes a star. Jenny McCarthy was a star at the time. And Penn Badgley eventually became a star. They bet on some big people, and it came through for them. They got some big-time names. The description of this movie, three ex-girlfriends of a serial cheater set up their former lover to fall for the new girl in town so they can watch him get his heart broken. The box office that week, Miami Vice opened up at number Mm -hmm. one. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest was number two. John Tucker Must Die debuts at number three that week. Monster House and Ant Bully, a very mid-2000s box office for John Tucker Must Die. Half those movies I don't have any recollection of. What's Ant Bully? I don't even know. I think that's like a kid's movie. Okay. It feels like one of those little claymation movies, DreamWorks. I haven't seen it, but I do think it's one of those kind of movies. The cast, Jesse Metcalf is John Tucker. Brittany Snow is Kate Spencer. Ashanti stars as Heather Montgomery. Sophia Bush is Beth McIntyre. Ariel Kebbles, is that you pronounce her name? Uh, that is a Carrie Schaefer. Penn Badgley, Scott Tucker, Jeannie McCarthy is a Lori Spencer. Those are the main characters for John Tucker Must Die. So our movie starts off meeting our main character, Kate, and her fine-ass mama, who is having a tough time dealing with men. We also meet John Tucker, who is on his way to becoming Michael Jordan. We also meet our three ladies, Heather, Beth, and Carrie. John Tucker is a little player player and is dating all three of these young queens, and it suddenly turns into a volleyball battle royale when they all find out about one another. 
You weren't at the party last night. Where were you? Well, it's totally on the DL. I mean, not fit to print. I'm dating John Tucker. Hey! Sorry, slipped. Okay, all right, fine. Okay, everybody, let's play. Oh. Oh. He's mine! Stay away from me! Oh, girls, peace and love! Come on! You guys are fighting over this! Well, the character introduction train keeps going as we meet Kate, or as Kate meets John Tucker's younger brother. I don't really see the point for John Tucker's younger brother in this movie. It's a it's a side love story. It's like the guy she actually likes. I kind of see the purpose of him. And I'm not going to lie. When this first scene happened, it was funny to me because they go over the fact that she's kind of a no-name. No one knows who she is. She's invisible. They talk about that. The volleyball coach like, and what's her face? You're on this team. She's like, my name's Kate. Like, it, That's funny. She shows up early for the tension. There's like... All right, there's some comedy early. I get what they're trying to set up. I actually enjoyed the first couple scenes. I get what they're trying to do with Penn Badgley's character, the other Tucker. My main take. Nobody knows his name. He's just John Tucker's younger brother. Yeah. I have no clue what his name is, and I just read who he was. I mean, you don't watch you. He's on you, and no, I know he's a real. I'm oh. saying in the movie, like oh, they yeah, never just, really identify who was. His name is Scott. He just we exists, have no yeah. clue what his name is in the movie. He just exists to be the anti John Tucker. One thing I thought about that I didn't like about this early scene because I was in, I kind of like laughed. There were some moments of enjoyment. I wish they had kind of waited longer in the movie to have the discovery that John Tucker is a player. It seems like it was too easy to find out. Like, huh? It takes 12 minutes of movie time to find out John Tucker's cheating on all of us. Like, there's no ramp up or development for that. He wasn't even being creative with it. He was taking girls to the exact same restaurant. They were all sitting in the same booth. John Tucker, you got to switch it up a little bit. You got to go to this place on Mondays. You got to go this place on Tuesdays. It seemed like his secret would have been found out a lot easier because he wasn't really covering his tracks. But maybe he wasn't worried about covering his tracks because he's John Tucker. He also, we had the other waitress who was like, this is exactly what he does, and she starts sobbing. I'm like, oh, so he's done this so often that other people in the school know, yet these three girls are just ambivalent and think they're the only one? Like, I like her were, character. I like the the bartender waitress yeah, the, character. I thought she was funny. She was funny. funny. Like, the few times she was in, I enjoyed uh -huh. her part. I enjoyed her, but I'm like, it just they didn't really set up that he's a serial cheater very well because it seemed like it was super well-known. Our three ladies devised a plan to tear down John Tucker by making him undateable with the classic fake herpes maneuver and also giving him estrogen, which causes him to have a breakdown during the basketball game. I didn't find the herpes part that funny. I did think the basketball scene was very funny where she tells him that he's kind of losing muscle. He doubles up on mm -hmm. his dosage. The guy's like bumping into him, you know, basketball stuff, you know, and he kind of has the little mint. I did find that funny. That whole scene, all three of them, the we eventually get to the thong thing, the protein powder thing that was actually estrogen and the genital herpes thing, all three of them reminded me so much of Mean Girls, just done in reverse and done badly. You know how Regina George, they cut the uh, holes for a bra shows and becomes like a fashion statement? It reminded me of that thing from Mean Girls, just done worse, because Jesse Metcalf isn't as good of an actress as Rachel McAdams, and the story kind of just slap dashes into this moment. So 
I did find the funniest one to be the estrogen, but I felt like they were all kind of happening too fast. I feel like it's hard to not make comparisons to the Mean Girls. Like when you say mm-hmm. why I didn't really like the younger brother, why I didn't really like Scott Tucker's storyline. I don't feel like Mean Girls tried to force feed that. Like I am interested in the main character. I'm interested in Aaron. And there wasn't like a side love story that nope. was kind of happening where I felt like this movie maybe tried to force it. And it only really pays off in the one scene, like when they're having the conversation outside and he basically reveals, hey, you were turning into the person that you think in Mean Girls. That was her friends that did that. Mm-hmm. You're a plastic. You're just like there. I thought I mean, I, I think Mean Girls is the teen movie of its generation. Mm-hmm. You could see where this movie took inspiration and just couldn't nail it in the way that Mean Girls. Did. I think one of the reasons that I had this written down, one of the reasons it failed to is I think i don't think they had the lead actor capable of nailing that role like rachel mcadams is an elite actress like there's a lot of reasons why that movie worked but one of them is rachel mcadams is great in mean girls so is Lindsay lohan so is Lindsay lohan and when you make the cross comparison does Je- jesse medcalf doesn't have the umph i think britney snow is good as the Lindsay lohan character i think britney snow is actually almost better than Lindsay lohan in her role in this movie than Lindsay lohan was in mean girls but jesse medcalf is the one that falls short for me and when you don't buy into him being that guy it makes the whole thing fall apart like and little things like at one point introduced to him apparently he's mac mcclung as a dunker in game i mean just there were little things like that i found really goofy about his character yeah that's the part to me i guess with john tucker is i mean john tucker like clearly is the man like he Mm -hmm. has like they didn't have to make him the most unrealistic athlete that we've ever seen like you can show that he's a good athlete and he's just not this was he was an all-star level dunker here Mm -hmm. he had more hops than vince carter we didn't have to do this to showcase that he was a good athlete there was other ways to show this when he does the backflip dunk like all right come on now and that's where i think maybe like there is a disconnect with john tucker a bit is you have grown him into this mythological character Mm -hmm. in a way that just it's a movie. I know we got to suspend belief. We didn't have to do it in these basketball scenes. The basketball scenes in the movie, no justice. Another dude, terrible thing. I will say one of my fun facts is when he's shooting three-pointers, those are actually Jesse Metcalf making threes. They didn't have to digitally remaster or do anything to it. The dunking is obviously not really Jesse Metcalf. I don't Metcalf. even know what that is. It's like slam ball. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. But like one of the fun facts is Jesse Metcalf can actually shoot a little bit. So when he makes threes, like the script would be like, all right, and shoot a three. And they'd be filming. He'd shoot. And you know, like you think later in post, you fix it. He would make it. So like he could actually hoop a little bit, but they made him, like I said, they made him Nate Robinson when it came to dunking. Well, John Tucker dumps our lovely trio, leaving Kate as the lone person who hasn't been with John. Hey, sweetie, can we talk? Look, I know I wigged out last night. My peer counselor says I need to look into my emotional responsibility. So I've been doing some me work, and uh, that's really been clearing things up. And well, you know there's only one girl for me. But I don't think that girl's you. I mean, we had a fun run. You know, I'm just ready to find something deeper, more complex. So, we good? Now she has to date John and try to break his heart. The shoe is on the other foot. You know, I was thinking, instead of doing all this, we should have just broken his heart. What? Heather, that's pretty genius. Yeah, except he broke up with everybody. Not everybody. What? No, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't do that. I don't even like him. So no? you're not really going to be dating him. 
You'll be pretending. Exactly. Look, I know what you're thinking. I'm not as pretty as Heather. I'm not that smart. I'm not that experienced. Oh. <laughs> but you have us, and we can make you into anything. If we combine all of us, we can make him fall in love with you. I mean, really fall in love, and then we'll yank it all out from under us. This is going to be so good. And after days of playing hard to get, Kate finally gives in and agrees to go on a date with John with the girls behind her coaching her up. John Tucker has the charm dialed up to a million on this first date. Full stop. Second date, they are on a boat together. Mm -hmm. He's really the man. I thought the movie really excelled at getting you to understand why women were attracted to mm -hmm. John Tucker. I thought they did that exceptionally well. Like, when you got to see what dating John Tucker was like, you were like, oh, man, you're in high school. You're taking girls to the beach. You're by the fire. You're roasting marshmallows. Hey, the second date, I'm going to take you on a yacht and tell you my story. We're going to, I don't know if they were drinking actual champagne or whatever it was. Oh, on there, yeah. He popped something, though. Mm -hmm. We're drinking this sparkling grape juice. I thought the movie did a good job of taking you on a what is a date with John Tucker's like, oh. Okay, I get, I get how the ladies is, is is feeling, John. They added a depth to his character that I didn't anticipate. I thought he was going to be just like the superstar jock who's philandering, but I almost think the movie kind of falls apart because it's supposed to be a fun comedy and like kind of goofy, again, compared to Mean Girls, where they all band together to try to get the bad guy and John Tucker, but John Tucker is such the man he's able to thwart it the adding of personal level and the boat thing and then the other three girls like he never took me on a boat and they're all so sad they're still pining after him i do think it did a good job of explaining why he's dateable but i don't think it did a good job of making him look like a player a player wouldn't take you on these extravagant dates he'd be more like wham bam thank you ma'am i think they should have leaned into one of those roles a little more well, Kate might be falling for it. Carrie sneaks into the locker room and gets John to talk about Kate on video. Very illegal, by the way. If this, this is one of those I was thinking if the shoe was on the other foot oh, and yeah. there was the, the man character filming inside the girls locker room. I feel like we would have had a little bit of a problem, but you know what? I'm not even going to step on that. It was a very 06 moment, though, because even if we flipped it, I think 06, we still get, our, we are still okay as a society with peeping Tom jokes. Meanwhile, this side story of Kate and her younger and the younger brother of John Tucker is taking a very predictable turn due to due to the attention she was, she's showing John on the away trip, so the away game. John is convinced by Kate to sneak out in some undies. Well, he gets caught and is embarrassed in front of everybody. But in pure John Tucker fashion, he turns everything into a positive. All I really got to say about this scene is. Britney Snow looked amazing. <laughs> like, Britney, if you cast her for one part, she had to look good in that lingerie. Let me tell you right now, she looked good. Mm -hmm. Britney Snow was really good in this movie. That one scene, you're right, she looks very good. Britney Snow was the star of this movie. Like, you know, a little peek behind the curtain when we give out our awards, Britney Snow's going to get one because she was legitimately the highlight of this movie. I get why she got movies after this because despite the movie being extremely mediocre to me, she is a bright spot and showed that she can play that teenage heartthrob thing, which she had a little bit typecast. Even in Pitch Perfect, she's kind of just a grown-up version of that. But 
Britney Snow was really good in this movie. I also like whenever they needed her to kind of do something a little bit different. Like, she could kind of have fun with the girls. But then when she needed to have those conversations with her mom about how her mom's choices were doing both, I thought she showed an ability. Like, when her and her mom had that real conversation, hey, did you not see the actions that you have, the effect that they have on me and how they shape my feeling about men? I thought that was a really real part of the movie that was enjoyable, that she had the ability to act out. Honey, what happened? The sprinklers, sorry. Ew, that could ruin a date, huh? It wasn't a real date, Mom. Right. Um, listen. Uh, I don't think this is such a good idea. You know, pretending to like a guy. I just, I don't want to see you get hurt. I'm not going to get hurt. He is. My advice is not to do this. Mom, there's a lot of things I come to you for advice about, but this is not one of them. I'm sorry, but honestly, how many John Tuckers have pulled a hit and run on you? That's not fair. I have met some pretty nice guys lately. Right, yeah. The drummer, the guy in rehab, and throwing that one from the tanning salon, and you've hit the trifecta. When did you get like this? A month ago, you wouldn't like you right now. A month ago, nobody liked me. I did. I'm sorry. I just... It's been a long night. I'm a little, you know... Yeah, it's okay. I got a little of that, too. Good night. Kate, just be careful who you pretend to be. I mean, I'd hate if you forgot who you are. I was nobody, so there's really no risk in losing anything. Or when she, when uh, Skip, this version of the airplane pilot Skip, shows Skip. up and she's like talking to her and she's like, You always make these mistakes, mom. Da, 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 da. And then, like, the ensuing scene where her mom's like eating the chocolate and she's like, Oh no, what happened? And she's like, I sent Skip home. It's like, Oh, like, there's like this come to like, Oh, like this loving, I understand it moment. I, maybe this is what a team movie is supposed to be. I feel like everything wrapped up too neatly. Maybe yes. you were complaining about the end. Like her mom figures it out with men. Everything just kind of turned out the way that it was supposed to turn out in this movie. So Kate is having, or hold on. Kate confronts John about what she saw in the video from the locker room, but she's also having second thoughts about going through with everything. There's more confrontations. Kate and the girls. Kate and the younger brother. It's John's birthday, and Carrie hands John's homeboy a DVD for him to play. He plays the DVD, but you know what? Kate goes in the back and stops it. Kate comes clean about everything at John's party. Everyone has a cake fight. Kate gets the clout. John Tucker is still John Tucker at the end, but just more honest. That is the end of John Tucker Must Die. Hate this the movie is a very neatly wrapped up hour and a half in and out on this one. I hated the ending. I, again, I told you earlier, I compared the whole thing to Mean Girls, and Mean Girls does everything better. The end scene where it leads to the massive fight in Mean Girls is a massive fight that tears the construct of the high school apart. It's very funny. It's over the top. It's great. Regina George remains the villain, but everyone kind of, you know, has a little, little bit of a tidy ending and they go about their business. This one has a small time food fight where John Tucker admits he's a philanderer. And then everyone's like, you're the man, John. He goes, I tried. And they throw some cake and then they all live happily ever after. Like 
that's the big crescendo moment. We didn't get, you know, we John kind of found out that he was being played by Brittany Snow, but not really to the point you want. And the friends kind of tell you that they're in on it, but not to the point you like. And the whole school already kind of knows that John's philandering, but not to the point you'd like. It just seemed like they took the three storylines they were doing. They had this big wrap-up moment, and they all kind of got wrapped up in, like, one sentence. Like, it was goofy to me. Yeah, I did think that the movie built up the, hey, we're going to tear John down. And then in the process of them tearing John down, it was like, well, none of it really mattered. No one cares but exactly. you three. You know what I mean? Like, the whole movie is building up for this birthday, how big his birthday is. We're not really at the birthday that long, so we don't get to experience how cool the party is, but it looks like it's yeah. a really good time. There's the big, hey, we've been playing you this whole time, and almost 45 seconds later, everybody's like, all right, let's get back to the party. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what did we just watch for the last 90 minutes? If we were doing all this and none of it cared, I don't really feel like anybody's better off. I guess the only per, the only person that really seems better off in this was, was Kate's mom. Nobody is any different place than they were. Not a single soul. I mean, I guess there's a new small friend group born out, out of three different cli- four different cliques, but outside that, Kate you're, and Scott. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Relationship. Kate and Scott exist, but like, you're right. I felt like we had this big lead up, and like, John tries to like be endearing, but like, I cheat on people, and they're like, you're the man. He's like, oh, I'm gonna go back to doing what I'm doing. Like, this whole thing was, and like, they open it with like, he dates from different cliques, the intent of never having people find out, but now we find out everyone knows, but no one cares. Like, it just, it all seemed like, we we kind of wasted the first 87 minutes of my time. This movie really isn't, it, like, it's not John Tucker must die. It's really Kate finds friends. That's mm-hmm. really what the movie ultimately Which is Which is kind of what Mean Girls is. It's kind of, it's not, you know, tearing down the plastics. It's Lindsay Lohan learns social structure. Like, that's, that's kind of what it is, but it's done so much better than this in such a f- more fun way. Like, this movie had a lot of little funny, like, chuckle moments, but it never had a moment where you were laughing. Like, I enjoyed the fact the one girl, I think her name was, I forget her name, like the vegan girl. I, I like that she's kind of a slut and they make jokes about it. Beth. They're like, yeah, Beth, they kind of make jokes about it. I like that Kate's kind of invisible. They kind of forget her name all the time. I like that. I like the interaction between Ashanti and the reporter girl who was Carrie. like, Carrie, who was very serious about like, I want to get into school. Like those interactions have little funny chuckle moments, but there's never a moment in this movie where you're like, Oh, it's outright hilarious. And the ending, doesn't have any heartfelt moments, doesn't have any wow moments, doesn't have any chuckle moments. It just kind of blah. You know how there's the debate in Friday Night Lights, like what girl would you have been interested in? Would you mm-hmm. have been interested in Minka Kelly or the other character? Which one of the three girls would you have been most Kate's interested not, in? Kate. Kate would be. Kate. No, not Kate's not. Kate, no, we don't count Kate. Would you have been more interested in, in Ashanti? So Heather, Beth, or Carrie? The three plastics. High, high school me? Or me currently? No, high school you. Which one? Which one was sixteen year old Robin? High school me would have pined after the uh, AV girl. Oh, Carrie yeah, would have been, been the one because there would have been enough spheres where we could. I feel like we could talk and interact. Like I was never the man in high school, so the idea of talking to the head cheerleader, other than being like, "Hey, how you doing?" Like crossing paths in the halls. You know, remember, I went to Blue Eye Northwest. We had four hundred people in my graduating class. Like. We both existed in the same class, but I didn't really cross paths with the head cheerleader all that often. So she's kind of out. And the super vegan in me would have never gelled on a personal level. And she also There's was a lot of things I would have wanted yeah, to gel with her about. Yeah. That was probably the one I'd have been most interested in. Yeah. Like I, I think she's the most interesting and like best looking, but like as far as high school Rob and chances, the AV girl had the most chance. 
Rotten Tomatoes gives this movie 47% on 95 reviews with an average rating of 4.5 out of 10. The site's critical consensus reads, this derivative teen comedy tries to go for cute when it could use more bite. I think the more bite to me really is the ending. Like, Mm -hmm. you can feel the movie shifting from, hey, let's introduce you to all these characters. Let's do this in the first 10 minutes and set up who everybody is. This is Ashanti's character. This is this character. This is this. Let's try to make get this. The second part is kind of the building up of the legend and the myth. And then the third act, the falling apart. And then we put it back together. We've been talking about it. I just don't feel like the oomph really hit for the oomph. Mm-hmm. That it was supposed to hit for. I do find this movie to be a comfort watch. I do think it's yeah. very rewatchable. Like, you and I are from the same era, so we both have an appreciation for these 2000 teen movies and these teen comedies. I don't think it's on the level of Mean Girls. I think Mean Girls is like the Breakfast Club. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's Breakfast Club, there's Clueless, there's mm-hmm. Mean Girls. Like, yeah. there's a sort of tier system to this. I don't think that it's that kind of movie, but I do think it's rewatchable. I do think it's a movie, if you're flipping through the television and you see it's on USA, you would stop and watch it for a little bit. I think it's held up pretty good in that regard. Yeah, I, and I think your point about it being our age demographic, there were moments in the movie where I was kind of chuckling. They weren't actually outright comedy, but I was thinking to myself, oh, every, every girl here is wearing Hollister and has the big Hollister bag. That is so 2006. Like people who are in high school around that time or college can like really emphasize, understand like the fashion and stuff. And there's like nostalgia. The soundtrack is basically just the all American rejects like over and over and over again, which Oh six, the all American rejects were a big, like everyone, like it was, there were nostalgia moments for it. So I did think it had a rewatch, but I told you before I started recording, this was a very blah movie to me. It just, there were moments where I'm like, okay, something's good happening here. There's some little bit, it's a little bit of humor happening here. I'm, I'm actually enjoying this more than like Cobra, but then there were other moments where I'm like, that's, that's, that's the thing. That's the whole moment. Like it just feel like kind of a lit down, but not disappointing. If that makes sense. When a hero comes along, Rob, give me a hero from this movie. Brittany Snow. Brittany Snow is, you love Brittany Snow. I love Brittany Snow. First off, she's in pitch perfect. You know, I love pitch perfect. You do. Big fan. One of my favorite films. Uh, I think she plays the character of like the invisible girl who gets kind of thrown into the popular society. Just as well, if not better, than Lindsay Lohan did in Mean Girls. I also think she has an emotional turn in this role that I don't think Lindsay Lohan could have done. There is a lot to like about Brittany Snow, and they they made her just normal-looking enough where it's like, oh, I understand how she's not like the super popular girl, but they made her attractive enough where you understand why a John Tucker would be interested in her. And I think there's like an element of like, in 06, we all knew that girl in high school who was like, oh, she's really attractive, but she's also kind of cool and down-to-earth, so she's not running around with the popular kids, but she's not a dork. She kind of just falls in the mid-zone. Like... There was like a, oh, I buy that from Brittany Snow. So she gets my hero. I'm going to give the hero to the chemistry between the three stars. Okay. Like, I think the back and forth between Heather, Beth, and Carrie. So Ashanti, Sophia Bush, and Arielle Kebble, if that's how you pronounce her last name. The chemistry between those three and how different they are. I thought they casted them perfectly. Like Carrie, she... Carries herself like we all know who a Carrie was in high school. We all know who Sophia Bush was, the vegan. We all knew the popular cheerleader that was like really into fashion and those things. I thought the movie nailed the, I remember we talked about this during high school musical. I thought it nailed the social structure of high school. Now, 
nobody in this movie is anywhere close to being a high schooler, which I do think you have to suspend belief for a little bit. Ashanti's like 26 years old when this movie comes out. John Tucker does not look 16 in this Mm-mm. movie. So you kind of got to suspend uh, belief a little bit in that regard. But I did like the chemistry between the three main characters. I'm going to give that my hero for the movie. All right, doing too much. Mine is going to be very simple. I'm giving it to the basketball scenes. Whenever we saw John Tucker have to dunk or do anything athletic, he didn't have to be that athletic. It was just goofy. It, it, it was goofy in a way. Like, the movie was pretty realistic. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was unrealistic was him in basketball. And you could have done it in a way that showed he was the man without just making it look so over the top. I'm going to get to the ending. I just didn't like the ending. I don't feel like... I don't feel like they nailed the ending or even got the nail or even close to nailing the ending. It just felt like they wrote on a page like end of movie. And they're like, that's, I guess it's just over now. Like we're all going to move around. Like I don't know why they didn't wrap up any of the storylines. I guess the, the big wrap up is that's just high school sometimes, but that seems lame. The ending for a movie that I thought was building up something that could have been good. The ending was a letdown. So what's my doing too much? Cause I think they felt they had something there with the cake and the food fight and they just didn't. A 5.7 on IMDb, is that too much, too little, or just right? I think it's just about right. Like, it misses the mark on trying to be mean girls. But there is enough comedy in there, and there is enough redeeming quality for me to think, you know, 5.7 is about right. If you had, like, at 5.6 or 5.5, I'm not going to fight you. That seems like semantics to me. I think 5.7 is probably its ceiling. It's not as good as Mean Girls. It was never going to be as good as Mean Girls, but I don't think it's like a trash movie. So 5.7 feels about right to me. I follow the Roger Ebert school. If you're going to be a bad movie, at least be fun. I think this movie is fun. I think it is an enjoyable movie. I don't think you're going to, I don't think you need to dive too deep into the plot. I don't feel like this movie needs to be picked apart and nitpicked in a way. It is a 90 minute teen movie from the 2000s. I think Mm. it executes that really well. I mean, 5.7 is probably a little bit high. I would say it's probably in the 5.5 five to 5.7 range, about right. I don't. I, I, I would not put this movie in the 6 category. Mm-hmm. I think 6 is a little bit too high. I don't know if I would bump it up too much more either. I think a 5.7 is a pretty accurate, pretty fair score. Like I said, that 5.5 to 5.7 range, I think is an accurate depiction of this movie. Fair rating to me. I, I 100% agree. Like... Five sevens at ceiling. If you had like five four, I'm not gonna fight you. But I don't think I think there's enough redeeming quality in this. You're like, all right, mid fives. About it. we've definitely watched movies that are worse than this. We've also seen teen comedies, teen movies like Teeny Bopper movies that are worse than this. This just five five is the epitome of blah, and that's what this movie was. What we have next week? We have eighty for Brady mm-hmm. next week. Eighty for Brady yeah. as we are getting closer and closer to football season. That's actually outside of White Man Can't Jump, the newest movie that we've done so far. White Man Can't Jump was a little bit of a specialty episode. Yeah. This one's going to come out next Tuesday as we try to drop these every Tuesday. This was the Bad Movies Worst Opinions podcast where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. Go ahead and like us, review, subscribe, do all that things that podcasters ask you to do. Next week, 84 Brady. We'll be back. Take care, everybody.